This fall, we'll be exploring different facets of our commitment to Christian faith and practice. In our current world, an alive and active faith is not assumed. There are culture-wide shifts in institutional trust, religious participation, knowledge, and practice. In fact, a recent Gallup poll finds that the percentage of Americans who report belonging to a church, a synagogue, or a mosque is at an all-time low. What's more, whether we have belonged to church community our whole lives or are brand new to a life of faith, we might not regularly stop and think about our reasons for belief, belonging, and practice. These shifts in religious landscape provides us the opportunity to re-examine our basis for faith and spiritual practice and to find new and redemptive ways for living. Each week on the podcast, we will explore some of the biblical and theological roots of questions related to who we are as Christian followers. Why church? Why study? Why Jesus? Why gather? Why serve? Why care? Why worship? Why give? We invite you to listen, to reflect, and to join the conversation. This week on the podcast, we're talking why study. I'm Sarah Johnson, Senior Associate Pastor at Preston Hollow. A good portion of the book of Jeremiah is not a happy story. God's people have been living unfaithfully. They've forgotten God's covenant. And because of this amnesia, they are exploiting their neighbors, ignoring the poor, the outcast, and the immigrant. Throughout the prophet Jeremiah, God says to the people, improve your conduct and your actions, and I will be with you. Don't trust in lies. Reform your actions. Treat each other justly. Stop taking advantage of the immigrant and the orphan and the widow. Don't shed the blood of the innocent or go after other gods. Only then will I dwell with you in this place. Therefore, the book of Jeremiah is dominated by a lot of doom and gloom, condemning the people for their disobedience and announcing the imminent destruction and their exile to Babylon. Amid this dark valley of despair and judgment, however, there is a dense cluster of promise oracles concentrated in Jeremiah 30 to 33 and they shine like a brilliant star. They radiate with bright promises of hope and comfort and restoration. These four chapters proclaim that after the judgment of the exile is over, God will bring God's people back to the land of Judah and restore them as a new and faithful people once again. Therefore, Jeremiah chapters 31 to 34 is about the new future that only God can create. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. The old covenant is the one that God gave to Moses on Mount Sinai, and it has its basis in the law, the Ten Commandments written on stone tablets. This new covenant that Jeremiah speaks of will have the same goal as the old covenant, to love God and love neighbor as God's people in the world. But instead of being written on stone tablets— The new covenant is written on the very hearts of God's people. It's interesting. The biblical understanding of heart is that it's the center of human intellect and will, knowing what is right and having the desire to do it. In this new covenant, God's people will internalize the word of God so profoundly that it will be like those habits that we don't even have to think about. I wonder what you do that comes to you as second nature. I doubt you have to think too hard about how to brush your teeth or comb your hair. Faithfulness to the new covenant of God will be like this. 
and will be done without thinking. We know the ways of God so well that we won't even think about them. Instead, they will flow naturally out of us. The new covenant is all about God's action getting inside our hearts and reprogramming our words and our actions and our habits and our feelings. So we become the faithful servants of God we were created to be. Studying the Bible or theology in community with others is one important way that we write the commandments of God on our hearts. We learn about, wrestle with, and internalize the stories of Scripture so that as we are living in the world, we see the connection between these stories and our stories. Throughout Scripture, we see examples of our need to absorb God's commandments. For example, the prophet Ezekiel literally ate the scroll containing the Word of God so that God's Word would become part of him. Reformed theologian John Calvin said that studying the Bible is like putting on sunglasses that allows us to see God in God's creation. It is this we leave the study of the Bible and theology and we walk out into the city of Dallas with permanent kingdom sunglasses on, seeing the world through God's eyes. The necessity of study of theology and scripture is a good reminder that the Bible is not a history book where we read about the adventures of followers of the past. The Bible is a living, breathing document inspired by the Holy Spirit through which God's Spirit still speaks. A professor of mine was fond of saying, remember the Bible is not the last word, but the living word. If we are to live as God's people, we must take the time to let the stories of the Bible fill our hearts and shape our minds so that we too might have kingdom vision. When we write God's commandments of our hearts, Loving God and loving neighbor is second nature. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or SoundCloud. Look in the description for details. We look forward to seeing you next Wednesday for another episode of Why Church.